uh, oh, here we go. Sorry, we go. I see, I, I see it too. Yeah, yeah. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Movie Does Movies. Jane's here once again through the Skype universe, contacting people, bothering them, and I'm trying to get back to the old format. And what I'm planning to do now is I'm planning to surprise people with silly movies and then try and get them to watch it. Uh, so what I'm doing right now is we're going to be doing a quick segment now. You'll hear a break, and then from there, you'll hear our thoughts. And here's the thing. We may go forward in the future because depending on how long the person takes to watch the movie, they can get back to me. We have Sean, Sean McGinty of Sean Geek Podcast back once again for his first solo run. Bonjour. How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, doing good. Doing good surviving we just had a snowstorm it's pretty pretty nuts actually that kind of excited me i don't know why yeah the snowstorm yeah because something different happened yeah the normal it is it is nice it is nice but unfortunately it's slippery too so as someone who's working it's it's pretty bad (laughs) oh yeah yeah so i'm trying to go back to the format where i tell you beforehand like i mentioned before what the movie is and so i know you're big into geek culture and superheroes and the like oh yeah yeah. you're pretty much so what i'm going to do is i'm going to tell you one movie and you can tell me if you've seen it or not if you haven't we'll watch if not i have another one in my pocket because i want to make sure it's something you've never seen before to kind of add a bit fun so the movie is I have actually not seen it. You've not seen it? I have uh, not. Starring Jimmy Walker and Mark Hamill. Oh, boy. Now I'm yeah. excited. Uh, Jimmy Walker, as in from Good Times. Like Mark that. Hamill, a.k.a. Joker. Luke Skywalker. Yep. Yep. So, I've, I've actually seen Jimmy Walker do stand-up. Yes. Oh, live? In real life. Yep. Oh, it, wow. It was, yeah, in Winnipeg. Oh, really? He actually mm-hmm. went to Winnipeg. How was that? Was he just screaming dynamite for 50 minutes? No, he was hilarious. It was all improv, too. Oh, wow. He was really good. He way funnier than he ever was on that show. Okay. And it's, it's kind of funny because I, in England, Jimmy Walker wasn't, I didn't know what Good Times was at all. Oh. The, uh, the only time I knew of Jimmy Walker was that he had big lips. And the reason why... <laughs> The reason why was because I watched a lot of Eddie Murphy Raw. And if sure. you remember, he tells a story where he gets but Jimmy punched. Walker. I know exactly where, what where gets, you're talking about. You know, where he gets punched in the lips and his lips come yeah. out and he looks like... And everyone, look like Jimmy Walker. Yeah. <laughs> I look like Jimmy Walker. I Lillian, remember. Lillian, give him a pistol. Someone <laughs> put, punched Eddie Murphy. Now he looks like Jimmy Walker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, and uh, do you know the origins of Guyver? What it is uh, before this movie came out, or anything no, I was about aware it? Aware of it, I actually can uh, picture what the cover of it looks like. Yes, but beyond that, I'm okay, not so, really sure what it's about. So Guyver is based on a popular Japanese manga, Guyver Bio Boost Armor. It turned into an anime in the, I believe, the '80s. And it was very, very popular enough that they they tried to make it into a movie. There's actually two movies. And we're going to be watching the worst one. <laughs> As expected. As expected. The second one, 
although not as successful, was actually a lot better received and looked a lot better. And they replaced the main actor with David Hayter. Do you know who that is? Uh, I, I think so. He's well, known in the... He's known in the video game world as the voice of Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. There you go. Okay, yeah, okay. Yep, yep. then I know the so, person. Yeah, so he was a, the voice. But in this one, in the first one, it's just some dweeb. So <laughs> I'm, I will uh, forge you the uh, Giver movie, and we will be back after this to check out Giver Bio Booster Armor. Awesome. Awesome. Gonna suck. Oh, here we go. Oh, there it goes. All right, so we are back. It's a day later. Me and Sean, in separate uh, ways, watched 1991's Giver. So before we get into this, um, I want to talk about the directors of this movie. Directors, uh, plural. Okay. Yes. Uh, it was a, a gentleman named Stephen Wang who also directed the sequel. But then there was another gentleman that uh, directed this movie, Joji Tani. Or, it, or his professional name, Screaming Mad George. And that is the name he prefers to use when he's uh, involved in a film. So if you... If he uh, has Mad George, yes, he is a uh, Japanese-born uh, visual effects artist, and he pretty much uh, is one of the top visual effects artists of the t- of his time. Are we talking uh, practical? Or are we talking digital? We're talk- well, if you could see from this movie, I ain't talking about pr- practical. Yep. Uh, his resume includes Big Trouble in Little China, ah, Predator. Okay. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Free uh, Dream Warriors. Uh, the fourth movie, Dream Master. Arena, uh, Curse to the Bite, Bride of Reanimator, Freaks, oh. like Space Truckers, Tales from the Hood, <laughs> oh, Beyond Re- and Beyond Reanimator. And this movie was his only movie that he directed. But he's primarily a visual effects artist, which, as you can tell from this movie, it makes sense. Yes, it makes total sense. Because this movie is a visual effects marvel, in my opinion. Everything just looks real cool. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh-huh. Actually, I don't know. The, the first, the first uh, thing that popped up, I'm like, oh. Yeah. We're going to get more of this? And it's like, oh, we're getting yeah. more. It's great. And it was just like constant. It reminded it reminds me of that scene in Hellboy 2 like the monster like market mm-hmm. if, you, mm. if you have seen that oh yeah i've definitely seen it yeah yeah like going i love to... the market scene it's actually probably that's when i really immersed in that film was like all the just creatures all over the place it was and, so the, cool. like, and like the world building and everything like that and that's yeah. that's what i got from this and uh another thing was this movie was produced by brian usner uh do you know that gentleman at all no i don't think uh, so. Uh, he his main movie is Reanimator, which oh. this movie. Okay, yeah. I've definitely seen Reanimator. Yeah, Reanimator a whole bunch of times. Yeah, same. Is that sorry the director? Uh, I believe. Uh, let me take a look. Uh, Re- Reanimator was by Stuart Gordon, who recently passed. Okay. But he's like 
he kind of pro- he's like the producer. He produces a lot of these types of movies, okay. and like he's very prominent in that. And like you could tell that because the main villain of this movie is the main villain kinda in Reanimator and Reanimator Two. Did yeah. you know? Th- yeah, uh, da- yeah, David Yale, uh, yep. who for some reason in both mo- in all the movies I've seen, he's just the biggest creep. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you see. Have you seen uh, Bride and Reanimator? Uh, actually, no. I've only seen the first one. Okay. Uh, in the second one, uh, he is decapitated. Okay. I don't. I don't know if it's this one. And his head is forced into a woman's groinal area. <laughs> like, and he's always just got that dirty, like, molesty look to him. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. So he's like the perfect actor. And unfortunately, this is actually one of his last movies. He actually passed the same year this movie came out. Of Really? Uh, yeah, uh, open heart surgery, and he passed. Oh, man. Yeah. He seems pretty, uh, I don't know if I'd say fit, but pretty animated and everything. Like, Yeah, but he was like 54, and this was like a, a 90s 54, which is like pretty much 70 or 80 now. Yeah, true. It's actually, it's actually funny because you see these actors now, they're 50 and 60, but they look like they could be 30. They look better than I do. Exactly. And better than I do as well. I'm 35. But whereas back then, if if you like hit like 45-ish, you just, you're done. You've got like yeah. old, old people roles for the rest of your life. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. So let's, uh, so this movie is... There's a bit of a preamble where they talk about how aliens landed on Earth and made humans, and they also made the Zoonoids. Yep. Uh, what did you think about this preamble? What I uh, like you're you... talking about the actual rolling text. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the almost Star Wars ish. And funny enough, I haven't seen this for a while, and I forgot there was a voiceover. So as it was coming out, I started doing my own voiceover, and then I went, oh, "I better shut up because so <laughs> I'm going to steal somebody's job." Did you did you mute the sound and start I, I was putting... I was tempted. I was tempted. <laughs> you know, I I think you need to do that, and I think you need to post that. I will that do that. Would be awesome. I will do that. <laughs> but uh, what was it? So you got Zonoids, which are these uh, like super alien monsters. I'm guessing. Yep. And then you've got, like, the top dog, which is the Zoa Lord. And then, apparently, to combat these, there's the Giver, which is, like, a bio-booster armor, which attach, attaches to somebody. And they didn't really mention why they needed the Giver. Did, did you... Actually, no, they didn't. They never... It, just it, that it would make them more... Um, it would make the, the head guy... It would make him more powerful or whatever. Exactly. I... I they didn't really explain why they needed him. All, all we knew is... Or just, how it would work, too, because the other guy swallowed the Giver, or the eyeball part of the Giver. Yeah, well, like, it's in in the manga, it's called the Control Medal, mm. and it kind of, like, just slammed into his forehead when he fell over, and it just kind of, like, delved into his head, and, like, that effect when he transformed for the first time, like, that was... Like, into the Giver the first time? Yeah. Yeah. Like with his whole body melting, and it's just you can't see his eyes underneath. Yeah, like I said, this movie is a practical visual effects marvel. It's if you if you want like great examples, like either you check 
David Cronenberg's The Flight, and I would honestly recommend oh, yeah. you check this movie out because they really did well. With they it. did well. I think they had maybe less budget and maybe less time. This budget was three million. Wow, that's a lot for back then. It's a lot for back then, but considering like the effects, they did pretty good with what they had. Oh, they did for sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk to you right now because the entire time I was watching this movie, there was one other movie that kept popping into my head. There was for me too, actually. Okay, so which is which is what I want to lead to if we do well when we do an episode together. I've got a movie picked for you. Okay, and it, it's because of this film. It's like yes, we have to do this one. Oh, fantastic! But you had one, so you had one as well. Okay, so the reason why I'm thinking of this film is because what happened to it? It's a sequel. And it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Secret of the Use. Yes. And the reason why I'm talking about that is because what happened was the first one was super dark, had quite a bit of violence to it. And in the yep. second one, they toned it right down. They almost made it kidified. And I yep. feel like this is what let down the movie. The, because like he's in the main character is an Aikido expert. So his whole thing. I think like 80% of the movie is him throwing people into like dumpsters or walls. Yeah, every fight is just throwing. Yeah, and it's him like waiting for hits and then throwing them and hit and like the the thing is he's got like this he's got like these cool arm blades and I think he uses them twice. Well, he uses them as like a back when he's like (laughs) I'm I'm doing the motion as if you could see what I was doing. I was actually. his elbow back as like a stabbing someone from behind. Like he did that yeah. quite a bit, but yeah, like the, the actual time, slash he only did what once. Like I believe twice, uh, three times, but he didn't hit anybody with it. There yes. was one. There's one where he sliced the female with his girlfriend. There's another time where he went to hit the the gang member, but hit a pole instead. Yeah. And then there's the yeah. other time where he sliced that, which was awesome, by the way, when. It, the monster eats the control metal and then yes. he slices out of him. Yes. I'm like, although it got hokey. Did you hear the Jaws theme? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I, laugh. I was, I laughed right <laughs> I laughed a lot during this film. Yeah. Cause it, my wife is like, what are you watching? And I, <laughs> I, I had the head buds or earbuds in. So she couldn't, uh, cause she yeah. was doing something. And I kept turning the screen over. She's like, this is really funny. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the problem with this is it kind of had tonal issues because it would be super light, but there would just be these little glimpses of just like pure brutality. Yes. Like I mentioned with pretty much a person slicing his way out of the stomach of a monster. Yeah. Uh, poor Mark Hamill. Or Mark Hamill's transformation. Was Holy. Like... like it's on par with like American Werewolf in yes. London. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly pain- what I was thinking. But like more painful and disgusting looking. And then the op- lunch. <laughs> yeah. Like the opening uh, fight as well, because the scientist ends up just getting battered and bloodied. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I, I really do think it suffers from tonal shifts. And unlike Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the second one, which has nobody returning. Like from this cast, nobody returns. 
uh, even though it has the same director, and only one character returns, and it's not even played by the same guy, uh, the main character, and they switch it up so it goes from PG thirteen to rated R. The second one, yeah, uh, Guy the Dark Hero. Really? And so, is the second one better? Uh, yes. It, it has a, a tone as opposed to multiple? Yeah, it has a tone, and it's dark, and it's, like, nasty. Which is kind of the tone for the manga. Because in the manga, the guy that fights very animalistic. Like, eye gouges and everything like that. He makes good use of his blades. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in this, he's, I, I swear, they threw in Aikido just so that they could get around it. Yeah. And I yeah. think... You know I what? Think, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right. Yeah, because in the manga, he knows karate. But I think they yeah. were like, we we can't show him punching way too much. Okay, I, think, I, I have a question for you, James. Okay. Because you're getting me thinking because of Aikido. And now I'm a little older than you are, just a yeah. little bit. A little uh, bit. In, the, in the 80s, they shifted uh, a lot of what Batman was doing to Aikido. Yes. And I wonder if that was the same, it was the same reason. I do wonder, I, I'm, I'm wondering because if, like, because Aikido kind of became big around that time as well, because this was around Steven Seagal's big rise as well. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's right. And I'm also wondering, because I remember around this time, Spider-Man was also released, the animated series. Mm-hmm. And that mandate was he can't punch anybody. Yes, everything had to be web or throwing. Exactly. So I think there was like a worldwide, like you cannot punch in your series, especially if we can gear it towards kids. What year was this movie now? 1991. 1991. So we had all those 80s films, all those Schwarzenegger films. Yeah. All those Chuck Norris films, all those super violent films and i remember during during that time because i would go see all those movies when they came out even though i wasn't of age i remember there was a big backlash against these types of movies exactly so and this I, must have been the repercussion of all that yeah pretty much i feel like they pretty much kind of went backwards a bit it was like hey we, we we can't be showing ultra violence especially like i said if it's geared towards a family or kids and stuff like that like even robocop suffered as well yeah actually yeah i certainly did yeah because the first one was very violent the second one was kind of violent but not so much even mm. though they did kill a kid in that movie <laughs> if you remember that's the... okay though i guess you know i yeah. I, I'm, I very much remember yeah that little dickhead he deserved it <laughs> he deserved it but okay so okay, so oh, wait i have a okay i have i want to talk about this some more because this, oh, this yeah, movie of course. is very interesting so i have a question for you okay do you think this movie like i did enjoy this movie i actually had a lot of fun with it oh, do you I think too. this movie would have been vastly improved if they had done it on more of a shoestring budget did it on a quicker turnaround so they could actually do the movie they wanted to do yeah, I think and if make they did, it dark. I think if they did it with a tighter budget, maybe reduce the amount of monsters because I do feel there was too many monsters. I agree. Yeah, and I think if they just had maybe the Zoa Lord, uh, Liska, 
and maybe two henchmen, maybe three, just kind of like one to die off at the first and then a couple to fight and then Liska and then the Zoa Lord. That yep. would that would have been okay. I think if the henchmen were just human and they were servicing yeah. the, the aliens, you know, because I mean, uh, I, the actor whose name uh, escapes me, the bald guy, he's creepy oh, uh, enough on his own. Michael Barryman. Michael Barryman, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, he's uh, great in Hills of Eyes. And, oh, yeah. Uh, if you ever seen Rob Zombie's Devil Reject. Yes, yeah, yeah. His whole scene. And Home that, Sweet Home. The video yeah. The crew. Oh, yes. But <laughs> I especially love his scene in Devil's Rejects where they're buying chicken. And he goes, hey, y'all ain't going to fuck these chickens, are you? And he instantly starts getting offended and screaming at him. It's, just, it's hilarious because it's him and the, the the black guy from Dawn of the Dead. And they're yeah. both fantastic together. Oh, yeah. But like I said, I think if they had him... Maybe Jimmy Walker is kind of like the comic relief monster. Yeah. And then maybe the female. And then the initial ones that we see, like the gang. Yep. If they just left it at that and didn't include the other monsters, it would have been okay. I think that would. Yeah, I agree. I think that would have been enough. Like four monsters, like minion monsters, including Lisku is kind of like a sub boss. And then the Zoa Lord at the end. I think that would have cut the budget in half. I think the uh, the girlfriend, uh, the I don't know if she was a wrestler or not, but she looks super damn familiar. Yeah, she was tough enough as a human. She would have been just cool as like a rebel human, tough, true, tough chick. True though, but the issue with that is you're having this super powered uh, machine, and it's not, and it technically wouldn't be seen as fair. And also, my turned it from a, a raid army to a raid X if they're just butchering this muscular woman. Mm, yeah, true. Who was to... that actress, do you know? Uh, I think her name is Scream... Uh, the, her name is Scream Queen, I'm guessing. Uh... She looks damn familiar. I'm, she must be a wrestler. She has to be. No, Even she's the not. Way she... No, she's not. No. Um, she's... She was in uh, the Return of the Living Dead. No, no, no. Sorry, uh, that that was the other female. Uh, I can't even find who she is. I can't even remember her name. I, I've seen her probably in some action movies or something of that era. Oh, She's there we go. so familiar. Uh, she was in Star Trek. Uh, the she was in the Star Trek movie, uh, the fifth one, The Final Frontier. Okay. Uh, she was an assassin in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. And she's also a. Um, she does bodybuilding and nutrition. I'm trying. She did stunts for the 2002 Spider-Man movie. Mm. Uh, she's mainly like a stunt actress. She did like okay. just. She was oh wow. Uh, so she was in Spider-Man, Million Dollar Baby, Mission Impossible Three, uh, Sleepwalk. Yeah, uh, this is like all her stunt work. And then she's been in like a bunch. So she, she's pretty much a stunt actress. Which okay. kind of works for her, and she was a teenage, and pretty much that's what she was there. And I really, I really enjoyed her monster form too, like the kind of like the pink bird thing. Yeah, all, all the monster designs in this were great, apart from one, because of how goofy it looked. Is that the uh, the kind of dogish running? The Jimmy one? Walker one. 
Oh, the Jimmy Walker one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> With the big lips. Oh, my God. <laughs> I saw that. I'm like, I don't think that's appropriate or something. You had the big I, bulgy eyes. and Yeah, I grabbed a pillow and went, oh, no. <laughs> because, <laughs> and he's mostly played up for last. I, he barely punches anybody. His whole yeah. thing is to be comedic relief. Yes. He's not menacing at all. There's a weird throwaway scene where he jumps in the air and lands in the middle of a movie. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, what was act- that? And he's giving act- Acting tips from Steven Dielberg. Is that what it was? Even Dielberg? No, it wasn't, but oh. that's that's the name I'm giving him because that's pretty much what it was. And funny enough, the the scream queen that he's actually with, I, I just found, mm-hmm. that's the punk chick from Return of the Living Dead. Oh, that okay. The the one that's constantly naked and wanting yeah, to yeah. yeah, that is that's her. So it's a nice little cameo. And then this movie's kind of meandering. It kind of doesn't go anywhere until like the last half an hour, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, yeah. Like it started. Like I felt that the movie started off really strong. Yeah, it was really interesting. You know how they introduced like the, the Giver and the the scientist, like the the dad and the monsters and the yeah. Like I I liked all that and Mark Hamill's introduction. Yeah, he, uh, like, with his porn stash. Oh, for, oh God! I, I, uh, I actually messaged him on Twitter, hoping to get a reply, saying, "What was it like working under Screaming Mad George? And <laughs> why did they turn you into a cockroach?" <laughs> because a poor guy. But he was. And here's the thing: if you look at all the posters or the DVDs, it's got Mark Hamill, Guyver. Yeah, well, he's got the top credit. He's got top credit, even though he's the side detective that is brutally killed towards the, like the third act. Yeah, and it's a shame. I because considering who the main character is, boring old Sean, as I would say, not you. Yeah, yeah. But a but Sean is so boring in this movie. <laughs> he definitely is. When he walked into I'm like, the room, you had Mark Hamill. Why didn't you just use Mark Hamill? Exactly. Like I didn't. I didn't understand. When Sean showed up, I thought someone left a block of water in the middle of the screen. <laughs> because like this kid this kid was wooden. I and... am going to admit that when the Giver when the Giver uh, I don't know, discombobulates or whatever when he breaks down after his eye orb thing is taken. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Sean's dead. Yes. Give it to, give it to Hamill. I guess you exactly. kinda of hope that's what I thought. Where you see him all all hooked up that they're going to try and combine it with Hamill at the end. Mm-hmm. That would have made the movie exponentially better. Yes, I agree. Uh, I was also hoping that the guy was constantly si- silent and he couldn't go out of the suit. Yeah. Because that would have made because this kid is so bland and boring. Oh. So much so that they replaced him with pretty much a voice actor in the second movie. <laughs> so he's actually in the second film? The character is... Well, but not the not the actor. No, no, no. The, I, I think the, I think he got put in the chipper or something. <laughs> God, and the whole story is is him doing the aikido lesson, and it took he ends up getting into a slap fight with a local gangster, who 
Let's 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 talk about these gangsters for a second. Okay, I I don't know I I don't know the names of any of them are, but the I don't know the the lead guy or the guy that has the most lines. I love that guy. Oh, he, he like you can see bite marks in in the background from where he's chewing the scenery <laughs> because he is. And was was he, it, he was funnier than Jimmy Walker, man? Yeah, he was. He was he, way funnier than Jimmy Walker. Like when he starts like. Swinging the nunchucks around and then yeah. just drop and then just throws them over his shoulder. <laughs> he and loses then, the knife. And... Then he pulls the knife out, so it's like doing the whole switch switching hands, and then yep. immediately throws it over. I'm like, okay, this is meant to be like the cool ass ass whooping scene, but I I, I gotta give it to you. And it, that fight scene was lame because yep. he couldn't really let loose because he's not fighting the monsters. Yeah. So he's just grabbing people and throwing them against things. I think it would have been better if he kind of lost control, but he was like holding himself back. So he's like punching, but he's constantly missing. Yes. Like making damage to the area. And they kind of did that when his blade opened up and he sliced the pole. I think yeah. it should have been that multiple times and just scaring the piss out of the, out of the guys. Yeah. So, so we go from there, and then turns out the Aikido teacher is the mother. Slash, she's like the mother of uh, the the love interest, who is the daughter of, also of the scientist. It's all connected. Did you realize that? Well, no. Because remember when he goes up to meet her after, because he, he shows up and gets all jealous because Mark Hamill's there. Because yeah. If I walked because he, into because she had a mirror in her apartment. Yeah, if I walked in and saw Mark Hamill with my with my girlfriend, I'd be like, "God damn it, Mark, stop fucking my girls!" <laughs> Aren't but, you a little but, old for this girl? Hey, hey, Mark, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> but and then uh, the, the second scene, the woman that walks in, that's the Aikido teacher. Oh, yeah, that's the Aikido. So it's clearly like, that. Why was he all acting weird around her? He's like, is this some chick that he no. had sex with or something? I didn't realize that was the teacher. That was the Aikido teacher. Oh so my that, God. That's how he knows her. And that, that's like the connecting plot lines. Well, so, she had her hair completely different and she actually doesn't look like the same person at all. Exactly. Exactly. I actually had to look it up and it's the same person, funny enough. So that's how they connected it. And. It's kind of convoluted, but it still works. And I, I appreciate that they did that. Well, and then, how was it? Then they decide to kidnap her. And the funny <laughs> thing is, Sean starts walking through and he just waves to everybody as he's like carrying this human carpet out. Well, they're just, yeah, they're just carrying carpets out, I guess. So I'm not And they, and they wave into him as they walk out, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And then this guy's that- dense, man. And then you get the mad chase, and then he activates the the Giver. Um, I, I do wish he kind of let loose a bit more, find the Zoonoids. Yes. In this. He slashed one, and the rest of it was just thrown. There's not enough, like, cool stuff. The only cool stuff was at the end when uh, Liska, which is Michael Berryman, rips his uh, medal out. Yes. And then, so we... We get all that, and then we get uh, David Yale being creepy as usual. And then basically, he try he tries to explain why they're doing it, but I still didn't get why they were doing it. <laughs> no, you know? I no idea what what was. Yeah, no idea. 
like they kind of want it, and they and Jeffrey Coombs shows up for an extended cameo. Which if you guy, know which one was who was that? Uh, which guy was the that? The guy with the glasses. He is the oh ma- yeah okay, aka Doctor West in Reanimator. Yeah, yeah, and that was like, Doctor West. Okay, yeah, and he's been in like five different Star Trek series, playing different characters. Okay, I yeah. didn't realize that was him. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, like he's one of the he's one of those actors where it's like one of those guys, and he's, yeah. he's fantastic in anything he's he's in. Yes. And then magically he he ends up uh, swallowing the the control metal, and then out comes Giver. And I thought this would have been perfect to have him fully go crazy with his powers, but he's still throwing people. Yes, it's like his, he's like. You just like, open this guy up from the inside out. Yeah. Now you're still going to throw some people around. Yeah. There, there's one where he kind of slices down the side of one monster. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And it's, it's, it's like watching a kid who doesn't know how to play fighting games, but knows one move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, that's a, I, yeah. That's a good like, analogy. Yeah. It's like that one kid who just knows how to do E Honda's 100 hand slap. And you and you can't really do anything against it because it's kind of got like a, a lot of invincibility. Yeah. But you can beat it if you just be patient, but you don't want to because you get annoyed. That that is the equivalent of what happens in this movie. Uh, over so and over and over and over again, Jesus. And then we get the unfortunate Mark Hamill death scene. That that was so unneeded. That whole thing. It did nothing to further the plot. It no. was just, it was just, you know what? I've got this cool effect. Yeah, and I wonder if Mark Hamill was a dick on set. And you know what? Like, maybe he was. <laughs> maybe he probably <laughs> signed on for this film, and then yeah. he's like, "What's this piece of shit? I got to act with Jimmy Walker." Yeah, they're, they're making him have what on? <laughs> <laughs> they made his lips how big? That's kind of bad, yeah. Because that, that it is terrible what they do with Jimmy Walker's uh, lips, like yes. for, for his monster form. They didn't have to do it, but apparently they did. But then from from there, we now have like the final monster. I love this final monster. It's kind of like a pink dragon demon. Yeah, and it looks massive thing, and it looks amazing. You slowly see like his eyes shining and it comes through and oh it just looks so like creepy and badass looking. Yeah, I really like that. I really enjoyed that. And and just the whole fight scene, it actually felt like out of a video game where it's like, okay, you get the big boss, you can't just, you know, fight him one on one. You gotta find ways to take him down, you know, one shot like small shots at a time. And I appreciate that they use like his mega uh, Mega Move, which is the bio booster, and that's where his chest opens, and he just does. Oh, yeah. big, big, that's like that's like his Mega Move in the manga and anime. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, in the in that anime and manga, he has a couple. He, has, he usually gouges the shit out of people when fighting or uses his blade. He also has like head beams as well. Okay. From from like his metal, but like his Mega Move, which could like level a building is from his chest. Right. And then when and he does it, he's probably toast for a while or something. Yeah, it, it really, like, sells him down. And 
So from there, the movie ends on kind of a cliffhanger that never gets resolved. Because it's yeah. the FBI agent who's actually working for the Kronos Corporation as well. And he walks up to Jimmy Walker Jimmy. and goes, I got work for you. And the final line of the movie, <laughs> and I couldn't believe I couldn't believe they did this, was dynamite. Dynamite. Yep. I'm like, what are you doing? And here's the thing. Jimmy Walker does not return for Guy the Dark Hero. That character is not named or brought back in at all for the second one. It's pretty much a completely new story, only bringing back the original character, and it's darker. Hence the, hence the movie name, Guyver, Dark Hero. So you, you'd recommend the second one? I would recommend the second one. I actually think uh, down the line, mean you should check out the second one. Yeah. I think since we, me and you've done the first one together, we should yep. uh, track down the second one and do another episode just to just to see if you agree with what I'm stating to you. And before before we uh, talk about our feelings on this movie fully, I kind of wanted to do a comparison between the manga and this movie. So a lot of the characters in this are from the manga, but they change the characters around so much. So Sean is actually Sho, S-H-O, Okay. He's a Japanese schoolboy. The scientist in this, his character's name is actually his best friend. Who's okay. the same age. Uh, and is Link- he a scientist or is he not? No, he's no, just he's the just, best friend? He's just the best friend. And uh, Liska, is, he's a zoonoid, but he's also the second Giver. Oh, it, okay. In the manga, there's three Givers. And he's, a, he's he wears a suit and everything like that, and he looks a lot different than what Michael Berryman is. Uh, it's the same monster design, maybe a bit different, maybe a bit more dark looking, but he's also a Giver. Okay. Oh, okay. And then the final boss, uh, he looks is his name's a bit different. They change it from an R to an L in his last name, and he looks more like an old wizard. Okay. And do you remember that scene when he gets Michael Berryman to beat the shit out of himself? Yes. <laughs> and that thing and that thing pops out of his forehead? Yeah, yeah. The original character has that in his forehead. Okay. And funny enough, the way the character looks in this looks more like a character that's named in the sequel movie whose name comes from another from the manga as well. So was there a manga and an anime or was there like was there like an There's, animated one? There's a 32-volume manga that is still ongoing, and it started in 1985. Okay. And then there's a OVA, which is what I watched when it came out. And then they recently did, in 2008, a updated version, which follows more closely to the, to the manga, but kind of does its own thing. They've not fully completed the story in animated form, though. I've got Funimation at home. I might... Uh... See if you can find it. See if it's on there, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's uh, actually called Giver. It's not called something else. Uh, Bio Boosted Armor Giver. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to look for that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, now, what did you think to this movie? Uh, if, if someone sat down with you and goes, why should I watch Giver? 
Go. <laughs> right on the spot. Oh, man. It's a lot of fun. It's yes. a lot of fun. And it's cheesy as I'll get out. It's got some great monster designs. Um, and uh, it's got Mark Hamill. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would agree with you. If you're a big fan of... Like, if you were a fan as a kid of Power Rangers and kind of wanted to watch something that's a bit more violent with cooler monster designs, yep. th- this is right up your alley. Yeah. Uh, it also has Mark Hamill. It has a disgusting transformation sequence. It has a really cool-looking hero, too. Like, yes. his like his look is just sleek and cool-looking. It looks... It doesn't... It's got, like, no metal on it apart from the forehead piece. But everything else looks like it's actually made of alien skin. Yes. Even like, and I like what they did actually with like the under armor because it looks like alien like tentacles underneath. Yes. Like especially when, because all the armor pieces kind of like form around him and then just jump into his body. And then you see it and you kind of see like the, like the tendrils wrapping around his neck. Yeah. And I, I think they did that just to kind of like hide the pieces, but it looks cool and it looks amazing. It no, it's look- fun- functionally it looks great. Like yeah, and I just the only thing that kind of brings it down is the choreograph choreography. Yes. I think I think if they got someone that knew what they were doing and had like if they went to the like Toei who do like Power Rangers and Godzilla and Kamen Rider. I think they would have had a better product. Yes. Because I think the thing that really sold the Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles movie was, like, from my recollection, was I really liked the martial arts in it. Exactly. And that's what was missing in this one. Yeah. It, it, like I said, it had, it had a lot of cool concepts to it, but I think it failed fighting-wise. It yep, didn't have any... I agree. And you can't be doing that with this kind of thing. And I'm, I'm actually interested to see if they up it in the second one, or if he just keeps throwing. God, I hope he doesn't keep throwing. God. So how how much later was the second one? Like, what uh, for, year was that? It, uh, 1994. I wonder if there was a change in uh, cinema by then. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. And uh, maybe in a month's time, we should, like, maybe delve back into it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, now... You've been teasing me about something, <laughs> yep. and uh, I'm very interested to see what this is. So the tone of the whole, like the whole, my favorite part of this film was the first, I don't know, third of the film, I guess, the first 30 minutes or so, with the whole introduction, the introduction of Sean, the whole thing with the dojo, the thing with the girlfriend, all that sort of stuff, the tone of it was exactly like this other film, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Okay. Came out around the same time. Ooh. Probably more 80s. I, no, it was actually, I think it was 1986. Okay. Now, uh, the film in question, I used to watch every single day after school for an entire school year. So okay. I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, so, so you're like a master. I'm a master, but I haven't seen this film probably in 20 years. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen it since that summer. So it'll be a revisiting then. Yes. Okay. So uh, let loose. 
So the movie is No Retreat, No Surrender, Van Damme's first film. Okay. Yeah. I actually Have did you an seen episode. it? I, uh, I did it and I did an episode. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay. I got to go back and check that episode now. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. I, did, I, did, I did an episode with my friend, uh, Alberto. It's oh, one. Man. Yeah. Okay. It's 20 or 30. So. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go find it. Yeah. Definitely. I love that film. Did, oh, did you like that film? I absolutely love that movie. Uh, it has one of the best, the funniest montages ever. <laughs> the training montage. Yeah. That's awesome. The kind of homoerotic training yep. montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where he's thrusting with the the uh, kid on his groin, <laughs> sucking on a lollipop. <laughs> and the oh. and the Mr. Miyagi of the movie is the ghost of Bruce Lee. The ghost of Bruce Lee, yeah. Because in <laughs> Seattle. Yeah. Oh God, that that movie. I, I and here's the thing, John Claude Van Damme is amazing in that movie. He is because he he kind of reminds me of George St. Pierre. Actually, oh, yeah. You know what I mean with like his quietness and the fact that he's yeah. wearing a suit and everything like that. He yeah, remind yeah. he reminds me of that. And I just love it that he gets called Ivan the Russian, even though he <laughs> is Russian, and that's enough to tick him off. Yep. But like I said, he just looked. Like he looks apart, he looks amazing. That movie's insane, and they de- they had multiple sequels as well. I haven't seen any of the sequels. No, nope. Uh, let me, let me take a look. See, uh, maybe that's what you and I should cover then. If you've already done No Retreat and Surrender, we should do one of the sequels. Yeah, or if you want to do another Van Damme movie, we could always do Kickboxer. Well, my other suggestion, the other movie that came to mind, which I don't know if you've seen. Is the other Mark Hamill film that came out right after one of the first Star Wars films called Corvette Summer? No, I've never I never oh, heard of that. You never even oh, I've seen it a whole bunch of times. Okay, it's, it's horrible. It's so, absolutely horrible. So I'm looking up No Retreat, No Surrender two. Yep. It has uh, Lauren Avedon and Cynthia Rothrock. Don't know who uh, that is. Cynthia, oh, she she was famous in the 90s, early 80s. Well, 80s, 90s for... She was that female martial arts star. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, so I've I probably also, seen her in something I, then. I also did the fourth No Retreat, No Surrender movie as well, which was King of the Kickboxers. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is the fourth No Retreat, No, no Surrender, but it's one of those where they just kept changing the title... Just because ah, I've heard with, of that film, yeah, because uh, it's got Billy Blanks as the main villain, yeah, yeah, and his character inspired DJ from Street Fighter. Oh, cool, yeah. So, like I said, uh, pick a movie and we can definitely do that. But first, we're going to do Guy with Dark Hero, yes, I think we should do that next month, sure, yes, uh, it. It'll be released next month, but we'll probably do it in two weeks because I'm I'm on top of things right now. <laughs> I'm actually doing so many Skypes, I might end up doing two a week. Just because wow. I'm I'm really like I've got nothing else to do. So I've just been messaging people and just throwing them on the podcast and it's much easier to do Skype right now. It's actually really easy. Yeah, we did our first one uh as well and it was like it's 
easy and the uh the audio quality is a lot better than i would have expected yeah i i was so apprehensive of doing skype because i i was always worried it would just come out sounding like well everyone's always talked about how bad skype is but but obviously they've improved since you know yeah and the fact that i can hook my equipment up as well makes it even better so you're recording this through your zoom uh i'm recording this through my um my mixer and my condenser microphone. Okay, then you got to talk to Fast Fret because yeah. he did the same thing on the last episode. Yeah. And his version is crap. Oh, no. But I, I just used my version right, recorded right from Skype. Oh, that, that's what, that's how I'm recording it. But, but like you... the out, like the actual output file, I just used the output file. It's great. Yeah, that's that's what I'm uh, for the input. I'm using the mic for the output. I just put it to my speakers, just because it's easier that way. Oh yeah, he ran everything out. Okay. To his board. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, th- that has been technical. Uh, that's been the technical corner of this podcast, and <laughs> uh, I'll let I'll let you get going because I think we pretty much uh, reached the end of this episode. We're probably uh, over on time. Oh, we probably loved this film so much. We did. It was such. It was so refreshing because I always heard that this is the worst one, and I can see where people think it's bad, but sure. it still has a lot of fun to it. It had a lot of flavor. It was. It was. Yeah. It was a little disjointed, but there was enough. Yeah, interesting the, stuff in I, there. I really do think the goofy moments that they thrown in didn't work. And I got to think for a fact. I was. I was almost wondering if it was. Um, some people from Stan Winston's crew, maybe, or something that were well, involved on this. Well, Screaming Mad George did work on Predator. Yeah, so, well, yeah, you were yeah, straight. You were saying that. So I think he had like a big hand. I think he's involved with him as well, like in some capacity. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go watch uh, Predator now. Thank you. Oh no problem. <laughs> anyway, if you if you want to just uh, plug your wares and then I'll uh, let you get going. Okay, Sean Geek Podcast on Instagram, Twitter. Facebook or search Sean Geek in your favorite player to find the show. Geek Dads talk geek culture all on the way home from work. And uh, thank you very much, Sean. Uh, fantastic. I've got to be on your podcast sometime in the future. Cause... Yeah, I know. We're going to do another. We'll do a Skype one. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that's last the time, way we got to do it. Pretty much. It's the, uh, we've been forced into the corner, and I guess we've got to do it. But uh, thank you so much, Sean. And uh, I'll catch you guys uh, next week. Or if the way I'm going, maybe in a couple of days. (laughs) Sounds good.